On this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad, presented by Kia, Dante Marcatelli, George Galante, David Steele, and Jeff Turner sit down to recap what was a very, very busy day, a franchise-changing day for the Orlando Magic at the NBA trade deadline. Orlando moving Nick Vucevic, Evan Fournier, and Aaron Gordon, three mainstays for this Orlando Magic organization for seven years for two of them and nine years for Nick Vucevic. We sit down to give our initial thoughts, our initial reaction, and then what it looks like for this Orlando Magic organization moving forward as we preview some of the new guys coming in to this Orlando Magic roster and what the final 26-27 games of the season might look like for the Orlando Magic, which we think we'll see a lot of fight out of this young group as they close out this season. And it's all about opportunity for some of these new guys. But certainly we will get into what Nick Vucevic, Aaron Gordon, and Evan Fournier have meant to the Orlando Magic organization and what their legacy will be moving forward. So much to get into, lots of insight for Magic fans on this edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad presented by Kia. on the attack, bouncing off the fingers, missed the shot, but it's tipped in by Okiki and a whistle. Into the lane, floats it short, rebounded by Porter. And Clippers, Hampton ahead, lays it in. Boy, he's fast, isn't he? R.J. Hampton. Going hand-to-hand very quickly. Nice lead pass from Otto Porter. Man attacking, putting it up, rejected. Wendell Carter Jr. again. Three-point game. Otto Porter Jr. rising for three. He drills it with four-tenths of a second left. And welcome, everyone, to another edition of Orlando Magic Pod Squad. This podcast is brought to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Dante Marcatelli, George Galate, David Steele, Jeff Turner, and lots to get to. Got a lot of tweets and a lot of emails and a lot of text messages saying, we need an emergency podcast from Pod Squad to get everybody <laughs> caught up. David Steele, Jeff Turner, the pulse of the Magic fan. So we got to have everybody weigh in. A busy trade deadline, as we know, so a lot to get to uh, as far as that. We'll preview the new guys that are coming in. They all made their debuts last night. But, guys, I find it very entertaining that George Galante is out in Venice Beach, right, Marina Del Rey, walking that scary gauntlet down there by himself. Alone. It's a completely different. The first time I ever did it was with David Steele, and I was terrified. I had never seen anything like that in my life. And now you're walking down there all by yourself. That's got to be strange. Well, I was I was texting you guys just so there was record of where I was at the time. I was afraid. <laughs> I was a little. It got That's a little right. dicey. It got you know like it's. Uh, it was nice to get out because I just feel like I've been trapped in hotels, you know, on the road all season long and. Uh, I just decided, well, like we're staying in Marina Del Rey, which we haven't done in so many years uh, coming out to L.A. And it's just I mean, you guys know it's a 10 minute walk to the beach, if that. And then I just kept walking and it was nice. It was just a beautiful day. I mean, the scenery at Venice Beach was a little sketchy at times, but then broke into Santa Monica borderline and everything was great. (laughs) Everything was fun. So. uh, So, yeah, it was nice. That part was nice. I'm just glad you got your, your curtain drawn because you'd make us jealous if the curtain were open and we could see that shot of uh, Marina Del Rey and all the all the boats out in the water. It's got to be a beautiful day there, huh? It is a nice day. Yeah, I'm a little bummed that we scheduled the pod squad for uh, for noon Pacific time, but that's okay. I'm going to yeah. get out here. Uh, it's too hot right now. You don't want to be yeah, out there. Hot. That's right. That's right. right. You don't want to be out there right now. You have plenty of time to get out there. And plus, trust trust me, you want to go to Venice Beach at night. You want to walk down there around <laughs> eight or yeah. nine tonight. I think that yeah. would be the best thing. 
Yeah, yeah I what, did breakfast. Did you get breakfast at Joni's or? No, no, no. I, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Is I guess it's still open. Hopefully, it is. I walked past it yesterday. I think I think it is still open. I I don't. It might not be called Joni's anymore, though, guys. I oh, I, I go for my Joni. walk later. Yeah, when I go for my walk later, I'll, I'll snap a picture and I'll send it to you guys, and you can tell me uh, if if I'm at the maybe I'm thinking of the wrong place. I I, I think I got the right place on the well, map. So Jeff, can you let everybody know David's favorite guy that was there, Joni's? I, I think. <laughs> well, Jeff, but George, you'll be able to know you're in the right place if you walk in and there's a. It's a, a guy, you know, I don't know, Dante, what is it? maybe a little older than David. He'll have a yep, baseball yep. cap on. Big white letters. Don't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> That's David's guy. It's good. He's probably some big film producer, isn't he, David? <laughs> I think he might be. I snapped a... Uh... Yeah, a surreptitious photograph of him one time, which has which lives forever forever on our uh, text messages. The best part, oh. the best part was Dante. Dante said it finally took a pandemic for those people to leave him alone. He finally got his wish. He finally got oh, his hell. wish. How happy is that guy? He's not been bothered for a year. <laughs> Thrilled. Drinking his coffee oh, with his head down with that hat on. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. Don't bother me. Well, oh, that's fantastic. But that's one of the many things that you'll see on the road. And I think it's – we'll go back to trade deadline day here. So this is on a Monday, right? The trade deadline was on Thursday. We've had a couple of days to kind of process everything and, and see where we're at. Uh, we, we were going to do one last week, but uh, nothing had been finalized. So now we know the moving parts and everything with it. And I think – you know, want to get your thoughts, David and Jeff, for sure. But, I, you know, George is the one that's going to hear about these before they happen, right? So, you know, we're thinking probably a really good chance. We know about Aaron Gordon's trade request. Uh, probably a really good chance that was going to be accommodated. You know, you look at Evan's contract and you think, you know, maybe that'd be done. You know, you didn't know what was going to happen. But I, for me, I didn't think Vooch. I, I didn't think that was going to happen at all. But, but George, you, you must have caught wind of that before it all went down. And and must have had uh, must have had an inclination that it was going to happen, and that must have been must have been strange. You know, the funny thing. Well, it's not funny now that I think about it. I saw Vooch just before uh, just before they announced the starting lineups on uh, whatever. Who did we play last at home before the, the Phoenix Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. game? And I saw him just before they were getting ready to make, do the starting lineups and the anthem, and he gave me a high five, and he goes, "Well, this might be my last." my last uh, game in a magic uniform. And I told him, I, I pretty sure I cursed at him and said, get the, <laughs> the hell out of here. Like go, go beat the Suns or whatever. And then we play the game and, and the, and the locker room afterwards, it was, it was weird because everybody, I, I think everybody knew that there were, that this would be the last time that that group would be together. Um, I don't think everybody knew to, to the extent of, of what ended up happening, but I, but you could feel in the locker room, um, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of high fives and, uh, you know, bro hugs and just like, hey, you know, whatever happens, hopefully we see, you know, and it was weird because, you know, we had, we're, we were going to have a game in, you know, in 48 hours again, whether it was with that group or, or parts of that group or whatever else. And, you know, and, and like you said, we, we kind of had an inclination uh, of, of possibly Evan, uh, and Aaron, maybe, maybe heading out. Right. And, and again, but you're never sure because we've heard, we've heard their names bantered about for, sure. you know, for six years, to be honest, there's every, every off, you know, every trade deadline comes by, it's always Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, and, and even Vooch to a certain degree. Um, but then 
when I got the call, it was very early in the morning. Um, well, we didn't know anything that night. You know, they were still obviously Jeff Weltman and John Hammond and, and Matt Lloyd and everybody upstairs is, was working, you know, the whole week, you know, all year really, but really obviously it gets up to the deadline and those guys are working. And we didn't know anything that night at all. We had no inclination of anything um, that was going to happen. But then uh, I got up very early to go, you know, take my daily COVID test and I was driving back home and it was, it was before, it was, it was before 7.30 AM. And, and uh, I got the call that said, uh, all right, well, here are the deals. And, and, it, you know, and it, it definitely, you know, I had to, I had to stop the car for a second because I was driving and I the car and I wait, wait, what said, just tell me the last one again. And it was like, well, we're trading, you know, we're trading Vooch to Chicago for, you know, for Wendell Carter and, and Otto Porter and two firsts. And I, you know, and I kind of, I, that one hit me a little harder just because like you said, you didn't really expect that to happen. Um, yeah. I thought it was a possibility um, just because of, I mean, we do have to take an honest look at ourselves, I think, and realize where we are. Um, you know, this season has been a, has been a tough one from the start. And, uh, and I think this was, this was their way to just to, to make a reset and to just decide, listen, this is the direction we're going to go. And, and, you know, the next thing, you know, those three guys uh, that have been with us for so long are, are now on uh, other teams. How did you guys take it? When, when did you guys start hearing about it and what were your initial reactions to it? Jeff, when did you first hear about it? I think we were, we were probably texting uh, back and forth, texting each other that afternoon when the news started breaking, I guess uh, Woj broke it on, uh, on, on social media. And, uh, you know, that's when we started communicating with each other. But it, you know, it caught me by surprise, too, as far as the, the Vucevic piece of it. The other two, we had kind of figured and heard that that was likely going to happen because of the contract situation with Evan and the salary cap um, implications going down the road for him and uh, Aaron in a perfect contract situation to make a deal. And you've got some roster redundancy with, with Aaron Gordon, too, with, um, you know, some players that, uh, that, that are like Jonathan Isaac is looking like a four going forward. Chumo Kiki can play that position. So th those didn't surprise me at all. But the Vucevic piece, it did catch me by surprise. I, as you guys know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not, not a big social media guy. So my social media was uh, really the text thread <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> I think it starts with Dante saying, here we go. Uh, <laughs> That's how it usually then, starts, right? Yeah, <laughs> and then it's you know, then it's like then uh -oh. you start trying to figure out what he's talking about. Yeah, right. exactly. So then you know you log on to ESPN to see if there's any news. <laughs> wait, I guess I should you, start. Well, I guess I should start on. with the news, not just a blanket. Yeah, wait, I, I'm just always glad, here. We go. So. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, I'm just gotcha. glad. I'm just glad that you guys experienced the same type of text conversation. Like sometimes I'll have one-on-one -on -one text conversations, and he goes, "Well, that's something," and I'm just like. Dude, I have no freaking idea what you're talking about right now because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not on Twitter or I'm not on Instagram. The thing is, it could be anything from – planning to get hit by a car? Uh, what's happening? Like, I don't uh, – <laughs> it, it could range anything from, uh, you know, we won't get uh, bottles of water at the game tonight for our broadcast yeah. to, uh, you know, it's the end of the world is imminent. So if anything in between. Is possible. Yeah, right, I'm going to start. That's good to know. That's good. This is good feedback. This is good feedback. So, just a, 
Just uh, a blanket statement doesn't do anybody any good. I gotta have some information. I don't know what I don't know what oh crap means. Sometimes <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I don't have any uh, idea what it means. So you had to start digging then. You were like, what the heck is happening? But it takes me 30 well, yeah, minutes to I figure mean, out what he's talking about. Until you know, till it's like, here we go. And then I think the next bubble pops up, vooch. You know, and it's like, well, like, well, well, what? I know, what? right, right, right. Yeah, like, you right. gotta be kidding me. I know. Yeah, exactly. Because that really, in the order, that was the first one uh, that went down. And so, you know, you figure, wow. Uh, so then, yeah, then I start taking and, you know, uh, obviously, you know, the thing, I think the thing is, is because we've all been here with those guys, right? And so, you know, I don't, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we develop personal relationships with these guys, you know, so, George is a lot, probably a lot closer to the guys than we are. I'd say Dante is as well, but still covering them every night, getting to interview them, talk to them. Um, you know, it's, they're, they're part of our little family, you know, when we're all you know together and traveling and everything. So I think your first reaction is no, no. Right. You <laughs> right. Just, right, you right. You can't do this. Right. We've come right. so far together. Right. Yeah, That's right. The thing. We've come this far together, but then you process this. And I think George laid it out. You know, you've got to look at where we, you know, where we are. I'm still a believer that Vooch would be a good piece going forward. I mean, you know, an all-star sure. who I think has a lot, a lot of years, uh, very good basketball in him. Um, but, you know, you, you, you listen to Jeff lay out everything, we're not privy to the phone calls, you know, that he's taken all year round about what guys value, you know, those, those kind of thing values and, you know, what you're up against, you know, up against the cap and, you know, your assets and things like that. But I just always go back to, you know, Vooch has made two all-star teams and it wasn't because he was voted in by the fans, you know, those guys at the end, the reason they're on there, the last reserves are because coaches pick them. And yeah, right. I think I think that says a lot to me, you know, from an all-star standpoint, that would be the best, uh, the most respect I think I could get as a player is that the opposing coaches that I play shoot up against night and night think I'm worthy of this. So, you know, there's just feels like that's a piece that there's value. But, you know, obviously there is value. We got two first-round picks and two, um, two pretty good players out of it. You know, the thing is, is that they have, they being Weltman Hammond, they have so much more information than we have. Like you said, Jeff, right, you know, right. we're, we're, uh, we're, 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 we're like a lot of fans, you know, yeah. I mean, we really are. We, we, we look at it and we think, Oh, you got a two-time all-star and um, you can build around that and uh, keep it going. But there are, you know, how many other factors that you and I aren't privy to, and we, we don't have any idea about. So, um, you know, that's where I think we have to step back and, and just say, you know, and, and when you look at it, I've read a lot since the trades and uh, it's almost universally um, viewed as a as a brilliant move, as, as a good move for the magic by the front office. So those are people who are not, you know, they're not emotionally attached like we are. Right. And uh, most of the people that I have a lot of respect for. Um, in the business have said that. And, uh, you know, I had a text exchange with John Gabriel too. And uh, on the day that it happened, because I was trying to 
kind of put it into magic historical perspective with um, the fact that we had blown up, you know, a good roster once before in 1999. And um, I remember thinking, I'm not sure if that that's a good idea or not. That turned out to be a pretty good, pretty good plan by John Gabriel. You know, this plan is different than that plan, but there are a lot of similarities. And, uh, you know, Gabe was, Gabe was very positive about what they had accomplished in, in all of the trades. And he was very, not pretty, he was very positive about it and felt like they, they had, they had done the right thing and made good deals. And, you know, he said in the text, it's, it's not an easy thing to do. It takes a lot of, you know, a lot of courage to do it, but um, he felt good about it. So, you know, that's where we are. And, uh, and so we move forward. Hey, let me just say this. I, I, I don't want to imply, you know, certainly Jeff and John have great relationships, personal relationship with these right. guys. They're close. Right. right. And so to David's point, this is not easy for them as well. You know, we're, our job is to, you know, come in on the team and, you know, try to, you know, bring the games, make them entertaining and doing those kind of things. Um, their job is to look at the long, you know, the, the view from 30,000 feet and look at this team and where it's going. And they have to make those tough decisions um, and I'm with David, you know, I've read, done the same thing, read, you know, John Gabriel is somebody I trust, um, you know, I've known for a long time, really trust his judgment as well. Um, and just getting to know Jeff and John, you know, I think they made the best move looking from above. Um, you know, I don't know, like, I, I don't know how David feels or anything like that. You guys, you know, I think you guys know, I'm, I'm an Orlando magic guy, right? I yeah, know. Right. <laughs> You know, it's, it's us against the world to me, right? And, you know, I have, you know, I'm not a national broadcaster. I'm a magic broadcaster. And so part of that is I'm a fan, right? Right, I'm exactly. So it hits me just like, you know, any fan on the street. Um, you know, so it's just, you know, you, you go through all the emotions, right? It's just part of it. Um, but, you know, stepping back and now and looking at it, you can see, okay, and now we've got, you know, we've got a game, uh, you know, behind us um, with the, you know, with the guys and we're seeing, okay, you know, and, and you've actually studied a little bit about what, what they've done, what their strengths and weaknesses are and everything. So it's like, okay, it doesn't take long, right? It doesn't take long. We move on and now we're exactly. excited about the future because, we're magic fans, right? That's right. That's right. And we accept it. And, th and that's the decision that was made. And we trust the people making the decisions and, and you move forward. But one last thing, and then we'll look at the new guys, because I do think it was, a, it was a great haul for what they got. And there's a lot to be excited about. Um, but, you know, fans and, and George and Vooch would show us the text messages and the tweets and all the messages from fans. If he had a bad game, oh, we got to trade. The, we got to blow up this team. We got to <laughs> trade these guys. His fans love trades, right? We got to make trades. <laughs> well, then you started then you started to see Evan right the night before the trade deadline he had a two-minute comment and he was emotional and he was breaking down and then you saw my god you saw Nick Vucevic just rip the hearts out of all of us uh with his comments with the Chicago Bulls a question asked by Josh Robbins which we've all seen um I watched it 46 times uh, but everybody's seen it different <laughs> times but but it, there's this human element to it and I, and I think if nothing else hopefully fans realize but these are human beings and these are these are these are good guys. These are good people that gave it their best every single night. Yeah, was it always perfect? No. Did we have a lot of bad seasons? Yes. But these were guys that wanted to be here, that did everything they could the right way. It didn't work. So we go with a different direction now. 
but there's that human element to this that hopefully people will realize. Before I before I get into that a little bit, just think about all of the times that we've seen on social media over the last seven, eight years about how much Evan Fournier sucks, Nick Vucci right. sucks, Aaron, they all suck and they all need to go, right? I mean, and, and we heard and saw that so many times. And then all of a sudden when the deals happen, it's like, well, what are you guys doing? You know, it, it, there's really no, right, right, right. There's no, Joel Glass likes to say you can't please everyone, right? Like 25, if, if I walked down the street and gave, gave somebody a hundred dollars, you know, 25% of the people would say I'm giving them too much and 20, whatever, <laughs> whatever the saying is, a third says you're giving them too much. And a third says you're right, right, right. not enough. And then it's that third in the middle that you're trying to, trying to sway. Right. And it just, which just goes, which just goes to show, guys. Joel's analogy it still has not resonated with you. <laughs> I can never, I can never get the numbers. Right? Like, third and a third, and a third. I, I, you, but you know what? But I, I, but I know what you mean. But I do know. But like, and just, but I do and know then, what you mean. And then, and then you watch Evan. Like, let's let's turn to Evan for the last. You know, take take Evan the way he approached this thing for the seventy-two hours leading up to the trade deadline. You know, and this is a guy that probably knew he was going to go yep, right he knew in his heart that, listen, this is the end of the line for me. And he's going to go. That guy played his, his butt off until the very last, literally the very last seconds of the very last game of his magic career uh, had, you know, had nothing but good things to say when, you know, we put him in on TV with you guys for the post game show, because he hit the big shot to win the game against Phoenix we put him in front of the media, you know, that night as well. And, you know, this guy cared about Orlando just as much as, as Nick Vucevic cared about. I mean, both of those guys, when you think about it, they got here and they were 20 year old, 21 year old, 23 year old kids. And they left here with wives, children, family yeah. connections. Um, and then it all just kind of, it just disappears. Like it just, it just, it's, it's gone in the flash. And it's really, it's real. When you step, step back and look at it like that, as opposed to looking at, looking at it like a fan duel lineup. Exactly. The human element. Really, it's Correct. really gut wrenching. It really is hard for these guys. And it's, it's especially hard for guys like that, like Vooch and like, and like, uh, and Evan and, and even Aaron to a certain degree, although Aaron like doesn't have a wife, doesn't have children, but, these guys are rooted here. These guys grew up here. These guys think about where you were when you were 21 and then where you were when you were 30. Yeah. Right. That's what's happened to Nick Vucevic. It's you, you go through these stages of life and then all of a sudden, I mean, my wife, you guys know, you know, she's a magic fan because she loves me and, and loves us and loves what we do. Right. Right. She doesn't know, you know, like I get home, she's like, did you win or you lose? I'm like, ah, we lost. She's like, okay, sure. Did you win or you lose? Yeah, we won. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, right. You know, she's not that, but when she sees things like this, like we, we had a whole 15 minute conversation about how she's like, boy, I really, I really just, that's really not fair. You know, it just, it just, these guys get their, their, their lives up. You know, she's looking at it as the person, (laughs) whereas most fans don't look at it this way. They don't look at it as, this is a human being that's getting his life uprooted in 24 hours. You know, there's so much. I remember being, I remember being a kid and, you know, the Boston Celtics would make a trade and you'd cry, you know, because you get attached to those guys. My seven-year-old daughter and my six-year-old daughter, I had to tell them and I got a video and I'll have to, I'll have to release it. But 
um, you know, they, I just put the camera on because I wanted to document it for them when they're, when they're older. They cried. They broke down and cried. Nick Vucevic was their favorite player. If you're selling this team at all the last nine years, you're selling it around Nick Vucevic. And not to say that they didn't love the other guys, but, you know, they had to go to school one day and you could pick any letter, any letter in the alphabet, and you had to have something to represent it. And they went to school with a V and a picture of Nick Vucevic waving. I mean, they love the guy. They love the guy. And I think to your, you guys' point, you know, I mean, you guys, but you had daughters, you had daughters and sons that were attached to Shaq and Penny, you know, all that stuff. I mean, that's, it's tough. It, it's tough. It's tough all the way around. And I, and I don't think it, Aaron Gordon's not going to come out good in this whole thing. Right. And it's because he wanted to be traded. And then he made some comments, which I don't think were ill-advised. I think they can, I think they were taken out of context. Right. I think, I, I think Aaron Gordon loved this time here. I truly do. I, I think he loved it. I think he loved the people here. And I think he did the most that he could. I really do. I think it just ultimately he felt it was time to go on. And, and, you know, that was the, that was the direction that, you know, that they're moving on with, but I, I, I don't think he should get slighted, but I think George, you could speak more to this than, than we all can. But for example, Dwight, when Dwight realized he was Dwight Howard, well, then he started making the media wait. We had to wait for him to shower. We had to wait for him to get dressed. We had to wait for him to put his earrings in. We had to wait for him to make his phone calls. We had to wait for all of that stuff. Dante's letting it all out now, by the way. He's, he's had this pent up for 10 years. Aaron Gordon, Aaron Gordon, Nick Vucevic, and Evan Fournier never did that. You know, now, listen, they weren't taking us to the finals, so I understand that. They weren't, you know, whatever, eight-time All-Stars. But they treated us as people. Not that Dwight didn't, but, you know, as soon as the game was over, that raw emotion – right to the interview. They faced the music immediately every single time. And I think there's something to be said for that. You have utmost respect for that, you know, for the way that that was handled, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. They were, they were all pros. They did their job. Yeah, uh, right. You know, you're talking about Aaron. He's, uh, he's in a different place than, uh, you know, as a person, he's 25. Sure. He's not, he's not 30. He's not married. He doesn't, he doesn't have children. Right. Um, he's uh, he's a two-time dunk uh, should should have been a winner and <laughs> yeah. uh, scorned scorned uh, you know runner up and I think he's he feels like he's got a lot of things to prove and you know so now he's going to go set the world on fire and you know I think that's what he's doing to me is just human nature um, for where he is in life he's a good guy um, I, you know we wish him well but he, he's not in the same place that Evan and and Vucevic were and you know it's funny the people that uh, that that you know that that like you said George that we're, you know, calling for all of them to be gone uh, for four, four, five, six, seven years. And then when it actually happened, I think that's the moment that a lot of people realize well, for the first time that these are human beings. Right. Yeah, know, when right. They start, right. When they really start thinking about it and they see the, the videos like Vucevic posted and um, you think about how Evan handled his final days in Orlando. Um, then I think, you know, there's probably a little remorse, uh, perhaps by a lot of fans, what the yeah. said well now that well now there's fa- there, now there's fans want that thinking we need to retire number nine tomorrow like right. think about that right think about that this is a guy i love it i love media. it you went on social media i mean we see it every day it's like that guy stinks you need to get him out of here get what you can't let's tr- sell high you know and in an essence that's in an essence that's what the magic have done yeah true right i can take the emotion out of it you know, you, you sold high, you had a 30 year old guy that made another all-star team. And maybe this was the, maybe this was the peak in Jeff and John's mind that, all right, if we're going to do this reset, now's the time we're, 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 we're breaking two thirds of the core gone and, and, and let's just go do it all the way. And this is at the, at the height of where 
we can what we can get for Vooch. But we have these same fans now saying that, like, we need to retire jerseys, get rid of the Magic Hall of Fame. They need to have number nine in the rafters. And, I, and I'm not saying I disagree. Like, you know what, at some point, maybe we do look back and go, yeah, like Nick Vucevic was one of the top. You could argue it now. He's one of the top five players. in Absolutely. Magic, right. So what is Jersey in the rafters? I mean, I'm not going to do it tomorrow. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not, right, right, right. You know, but it, it's it's amazing how the shift, the mindset of the fans sometimes can shift. And, you know, it it's it just was it's just a it's a rough day for everybody that's involved with the team, whether it's Jeff, John, the four, yeah. us, uh, the players, the fans. It's an emotional it's an emotional time, especially when especially when you've done what what we've done. And, and and sort of torn it all down a little bit and you and you know what it lies ahead a little bit and it, it could be it could be some some tough times but we you know what Dante, the, the, the beauty of this whole the beauty of the of sports is is that we're going to have an, a new season next year right yeah yeah guys and maybe maybe allison and olivia will bring an o to school for okiki you know that's exactly right oh absolutely they'll bring an R, maybe they'll bring an r to school for rj i you just yeah, absolutely right these things these things always shift and they always move forward and you got to look at okay all right listen like chumo kiki the last four games since he's been there like that's that's a kid that has that's a completely different kid than we saw in december that we're seeing now in march so you you, you see right of of things of these younger guys and listen those are the guys if you're a magic fan now these are the guys you're going to latch on to. You know? That's right. They're really, really young. They're really young. And, <laughs> really young and, and they, they have a chance to be really good. They do. They really do. And uh, so, you know, it's gonna, it is going to be fun. I mean, that is part of the fun of being a sports fan and watching your favorite team is to see the development of players and, and to watch your franchise grow. So, you know, we are going to get a chance to do that again. And, uh, you know, I think the point that Weltman and Hammond were making was, the, the seal the, the goal is to win a championship right the goal is not to just make the playoffs which we knew we were going to yeah. be a playoff team when Isaac and Fultz got, came back I mean we would be a playoff team but could we win a championship and I think the answer was no I, you know I, I we have to all agree the answer was no that group was not going to win a championship something drastic had to happen which likely was not going to happen so now we have a chance to build something that uh, that you know the ceiling is an NBA championship. But you've got some young guys. You got a lot of draft capital, and you got you know a guy. It's interesting. Two guys that they were looking at on draft night, Wendell Carter Jr. and R.J. Hampton. They now have you know, so they got to they got to take the you know the other guy that they felt was the best pick at that time, and and then you get the other guy you were mulling over uh, that time as well, and. And, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It doesn't have to take six years to get back to the playoffs like the last one. We can, I'll be fine if it takes sooner to get back to the, to get <laughs> back to the postseason. But you got draft capital and you got some young guys that we can now watch develop. Yeah, it was pretty exciting. It really was to watch the guys uh, come in off the bench against the Lakers and um, see a little bit of the, uh, the explosion that R.J. Hampton has. That You know, you can see the potential there. Uh, Wendell Carter, we've seen him before and know that he is uh, he has a chance to be a really good player. But, uh, you know, Hampton at, at, at his at, at his stage of his career, he hasn't played any NBA basketball. I thought what he did in, in his debut against the Lakers was pretty exciting. Um, but, you know, you, what you have is you have a 20 year old that, um, by all accounts, coming out of high school was one of the top four or five players in the country. 
Um, so, uh, you know, you get him in that trade, which is, you know, that's something that we can really get excited about, I think, for the future. Dante, for our, our listeners who may not have had a chance to catch your comments uh, on the broadcast, yeah. um, you know, your your conversation was with Mike Miller was very enlightening. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah. It was interesting to me. You guys saw the report that he'd worked out with R.J. Hampton before the draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to Mike and he sent me just a glowing report. And, George, you might not have seen it because you're with the team. We covered yeah, I didn't it see it. Last night, but he said, first of all, and he put in all caps, great kid, great family. That was the first comment, first of all. And he said, elite work ethic and has, has elite NBA speed and athleticism. Uh, says he will be a great three-point shooter in this league. The foundation is there. The mechanics are there. And then he put in all caps, has star all over him. And he said, I think he's going to blow up in Orlando. So that that you know that's his feeling, and that's a guy that's a – you know, 17-year NBA veteran, two-time NBA champion, and now a state champion in, in high school. He coaches Germantown, Tennessee, uh, Houston High School. They would just won a state championship. So to me, that's a guy that understands talent, and you got a 6'4 point guard with great size, and, and if the shooting mechanics are there and he has the work ethic, there's a, there's a lot to like about that youngster. Well, on draft night, I, I tend to, you know, as our pick is coming up, like I, I have an idea of who our – who's in our range, you know, like if, if these three guys are there, we're going to have to pick between them. So I I'm mad because I had an RJ Hampton draft night release. It was done. It was finished. I had, I had a bio all set. And then when we didn't pick him, when we chose Cole Anthony, I, I put it in my, you know, I put it in the trash bin because I didn't need it anymore. And I was ticked at myself for not keeping that one. Cause it made me <laughs> all over again <laughs> right. when we traded, when we traded for him the other night. So, but he, he's definitely a guy that was on uh, Jeff and John's radar from, from, for years, for years. It is amazing. The next time we end up having one of those guys on the, the, the tracking of these guys, we've talked about it with them before and Matt Lloyd, <sighs> I mean, they've been watching RJ Hampton for a long time. And so he's definitely a, a kid that uh, has been on their radar and, and, and one that they they've coveted. And, and now it's going to be exciting to watch him, you know, shoot. We watched him progress even last night against the Lakers a little bit from, from his limited time he was getting uh, with Denver. So it'll, it'll be, that's one thing I'm definitely looking forward to over the, over the next couple of months. Yeah, I am too. I got it from a good source uh, with the nuggets that they did not want to make him part of the deal that was you know they they really wanted Aaron Gordon which I think that's a great move for them too by the way I, I think yeah, no, yeah. They, they that's a good fit for what they're trying to do at, at this time but um you know Hampton was not one they wanted to give up well we get to watch him we know what Otto Porter is we know what Gary Harris are right these are guys that you know we know what they can do Otto Porter's a great three-point shooter we don't know what the future is for either of those guys but I think lastly Jeff I, I think it'd be interesting to hear from you on what what can Wendell be like? This was a again, RJ Hampton, top five guy coming out of high school. So was Wendell. I mean, this guy is a very accomplished high school player. He went to Duke, uh, you know, one and done guy. He's he's just exploding with potential, and he's only twenty one. What can he be? What do you what do you think he will be working on? Yeah, it's going to be interesting, Dante, to to kind of follow it. Um, you know, it, it just you know. You never know. I mean, you watch a guy like in college. I remember watching him at Duke. He had some good players around him uh, as well. Um, And then watch him a little bit when we played against the Bulls, you know, the times that he was healthy. Uh, And then watching him um, against the Lakers a little bit. You know, I I 
I, I just I see I just watch the game probably a little different than most fans. Um, you know, I'm watching footwork. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching uh, just natural movement, like you know how you you know separate yourself on pick and rolls and things. And all the tools, all the fundamentals are there. Um, you know, I, I always you know I was always taught that um, doesn't matter who starts games, you know. Um, you know, what the coach is thinking by who finishes games. And uh, Wendell was on the floor at the end of that Laker game. Um, right. So he was doing some things, you know, my initial judgment, I felt like, well, Cliff, you know, and his staff are seeing the same things because he's still on the floor. Uh, I thought he made just good hands, made some deflect, you know, a couple of deflections, uh, some tough rebounds, um, you know, defensively, all those things I like. The offensive side of the game, I think, I think the fresh start for him with a new because a lot of times as a player you're in a you know you're in a situation and everybody will make a judgment about you uh, early on you know this is what you are um, and sometimes when you get a chance to get to another team where people haven't yeah, been around right. you a little bit um, maybe now the things that you have been working on hopefully. Uh, you can kind of expand um, that on your off on the offensive side of the basketball. So you know he he pulled up the other night. Uh, I, I mean, I guess the Lakers and, and pulled up for a three point. You know, from from David and I's viewpoint on our little as we call them thirteen inch monitors, the, the, the form <laughs> and everything looked pretty good. You know, I mean, yeah. there was nothing's broken there. It's just you know the opportunity. Um, to spend the time to do it. I mean, he's been encouraged to do it, but if you're not really, it takes a few years. We saw that with Vooch, right? We saw it, yeah, it takes sure. a few years to get to the point where you're comfortable doing that as a big because it's not something you've done your whole career. So I, I really liked what I saw uh, of him uh, and just you know starting to understand his background a little bit more as you do a little bit more uh, as David says, a deep dive on him. Right, right. Um, you know, you 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 really you're at a place. I'm at a place where I'm I'm really intrigued um, by what he could become. You know, when you look at that, he hasn't been a three point shooter, but he's what 36 percent this year, and he would be in the top five already on our roster. <laughs> so he can only get better, right? So the ceiling continued to develop, continued to grow. All right, guys. Well, this has been therapeutic for me, guys. I. Do you feel better? I do. I think this has been therapeutic for Dante. He <laughs> had that one, that one run that he went off and got five minutes. It was, yeah. it made me feel better. He got out some Dwight <laughs> Howard stuff too, which is good. Do you have any, do you have any Tracy McGrady stuff like stored up that you want to get out too? None. I find no fault with <laughs> Tracy McGrady. Okay. Zero. I, just wanted, I wanted to make sure we, and we, I have no, and listen, I have no fault with Dwight. We got to go to an NBA finals because of that guy. Yeah. But that, but I dreaded the end of games. <laughs> I hated it. We'd go in the locker room. Now at the end of games, I'm on the air. We only got a few minutes before we catch the bus, right? It's imperative yeah. to get those guys. Yeah. And every one of those guys made themselves available. But uh, no, that was a waiting game. That was the not, man was not, the man's been not, a lot less, by the way, Dante. Yes, the, it has. Yes, it a has. A lot less. So it wasn't that in mind too. It wasn't Serge Ibaka like, but it was close. <laughs> but it was, uh, but it was, but it was close. All right, guys, this is this has made me feel better. Hopefully, you guys feel better. Hopefully, Magic fans feel better and. You understand a little bit about the direction, and now let's go, hey, let's go cheer on these young guys and, and see what happens here in the future. That'll do it for this edition of Magic Pod Squad. And, again, this podcast is brought to you by Kia, official vehicle of the Orlando Magic. Next week we have D Brown, so don't miss that one. We'll talk to you guys soon.